pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Your number one source for all the league's top headlines. Here's your host, Justin Kinner. Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Welcome in, everyone. Justin Kinner with you here. And we got an exciting 30 minutes lined up for you here on this Wednesday afternoon. Right now, the Horizon League is conducting what we are calling the Fan Votes Horizon League All-Decade Team. We're trying to construct the top 10 players to make up the All-Decade Team for the Horizon League for the past 10 years. And it's been quite the journey of kind of looking back at the careers, a lot of these names on the list. And there is a, a, a write-in option at the bottom when you are, are filling this out at the HorizonLeague.com website. And there are names that aren't on there that really, when you start thinking about it, you're like, man, there's been so many great players over the last decade that have really led to the Horizon League, having such great success and having such huge storylines. And I'm telling you, this is going to be a fun day as we look back at the last decade and have a conversation with the guy that is a good friend of mine. He's covered the league for a long time, uh, not as much now ever since Valpo left the league. But for those of you familiar with the conference, I know that you are very familiar with the name Paul Oren. Paul Oren, a Valpo beat writer. Obviously, Valpo no longer in the league, but there is no one out there more knowledgeable about this conference from a men's basketball standpoint than Paul Oren, and I'm excited to get to him coming up here in just a few moments. Now, this is an interesting week. We're not putting out one podcast, but we're going to put out two podcasts here this week. We're going to have the podcast with Paul Oren, obviously the one you're listening to now. And then tomorrow when you wake up, you'll be able to download the uh, John Calipari interview uh, podcast for here on Reach the Horizon. Now, Brett, now John Calipari, you're probably saying, Kenner, what... What do, you, what do you have John Calipari on? He's the coach of Kentucky. Did you get Northern Kentucky and Kentucky mixed up again? No, I promise you that's not what happened here. John Calipari is the, yes, head coach uh, with, for the Kentucky Wildcats, but also the father of Brad Calipari, uh, who is a grad transfer with the Detroit Mercy, transferring to Detroit from Kentucky. Uh, he played for his dad the last couple years, graduated from Kentucky, and uh, I'm excited to talk with Coach Calipari about what that was like having a chance to not only coach his son at this high of a level, um, but to also be a part of the transfer process and helping him along the way find his destination school, which ended up being with Detroit, playing alongside Antoine Davis and playing for Coach Mike Davis. It's going to be a great interview, and I'm looking forward to releasing that coming up tomorrow. Again, two podcasts this week, two great guests, and let's get to it. The all dec- the Horizon League All-Decade team Let's discuss that. Right now you can vote at the HorizonLeague.com website, HorizonLeague.com, so make sure you go and check that out, and you're able to vote for up to 10. There's a write-in vote at the bottom if there's a name that you do not see that you want on that list. So make sure you take advantage of this. You get to be a part of this process. It's a ton of fun, especially when you start thinking back and having all the memories come flushing back to you. It's really cool. Today's interview with Paul Oren is brought to you by health and wellness company Zervita, changing lives for the better through nutritional and performance-based products and opportunities. All right, here's Paul Oren as we talk about the Fan Vote Horizon League All-Decade Team. 
Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Justin Kinner with you here when we bring on our next guest, brought to you by Zervita. We have Paul Oren, and Paul Oren, no stranger to the Horizon League, although he's, uh, you know, his official capacity is with Valparaiso, who left the Horizon League to go to the Missouri Valley. Uh, we welcome Paul Oren back, and we have a lot to get into, including the, the fan vote to Horizon League All-Decade Team. Paul, welcome in, man. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, man. It's a pleasure. I, uh, you know, Valpo might not be in the Horizon League anymore, but I still I, I pay attention to the Horizon League as much as uh, as anything. I think it's, uh, it's a fun league filled with great people, and uh, this this whole all decade team just brought back a lot of great memories. Absolutely, and if you give me one moment before we get into that, I have to share my very first memory before I, I think it was before I even met you. It was at a press conference in Chicago, it was the media days coming in. My first conference or my first media day I covered with the Horizon League, just starting out. And uh, I'm sitting around just looking around. The next thing I know, Greg Campy's up on on stage. Oh, man. And uh, he calls some random reporter up. And I thought he was mad, but he wasn't. He was just playing along with it. He, he, he made a certain reporter go up and pull on his hair to prove that it was not a toupee. And that certain reporter was you. That was my introduction to the Horizon League right there. <laughs> well, that was, uh, man, that was a blast. And, uh, you know, Greg Campy is one of the all-time greats. And I really miss kind of getting a chance to see Greg or talk to Greg a couple times a year. I mean, we still, we see each other uh, at the final four here and there, but um, yeah, that was, uh, that threw me off too. He, he saw me earlier in the day and he said, Hey, when I'm up there talking, I got something for you. Make sure you're in the room. And like, I, right before his press conference started, I got a phone call from, from a family member. And it was one of those things where, I got a call. I sent it to voicemail. They called again. I sent it to voicemail. They called a third time. And I was like, oh, no. Like, is there something going on? Greg has asked me to be in here for what? I don't know. So I'm, like, petrified if something's going on with my family. It turned out to be nothing. My dad didn't know how to operate a cell phone. And um, <laughs> I get dragged up there, and I'm, like, freaking out about what's going on with my family. And then Greg's like, hey, will you pull on my hair? And it just seemed perfect. It was just the perfect, uh, I have no idea to this day what point he was trying to get across, but it was great, and it's a great memory, one of many that I had in the Horizon League. Absolutely. Now, with that, again, the fan vote Horizon League All-Decade team, a lot of names on this list that I don't want to say I forgot about, but you start really looking back at this past 10 years, and you're like, oh, yeah, I for, kind of I didn't forget about Butler. You don't forget about a program like Butler or, or Valpo and, and stuff like that, but you forget just all the change in the conference in the last 10 years. There's big names on this list. I'm just going to let you kind of open up with it. When you looked at the names that were on this list, and, of course, you can add in names that weren't on it, what, was the, what, what were some of the names that popped out to you right off the bat? Well, first of all, from, from a totality standpoint, again, just to reiterate, when I looked at this list, I just got warm feelings of nostalgia all over from what every one of those names represented. For me and for you, representing, you know, interviews with these guys, talking to these guys, kind of, and, and you realize in this industry, you know, fans, we, and even media and all of that, these guys come into our lives during a very formative time in their lives, you know, from 18 to 22 years old. And then they go off and, you know, and, and do what they do next. And, you know, if this was the all ACC decade team, we could just look at the NBA and see where all those guys are. Right. But I'm fascinated by maybe where all of these guys ended up, you know, and I think to myself, guys like Kiefer Sykes, like, 
I don't know what, I mean, I imagine he's playing overseas right now, but, and then I started thinking about some of the games that Kiefer Sykes did, and, and I try to sound cool and use the terminology that people use today. <laughs> Kiefer Sykes was a bucket, right? That guy knew how to play the game, and so that was a guy who stood out to me uh, right away when I looked at this list. And, and yes, Ryan Brokaw hit this great shot to beat Green Bay, in the uh, the Horizon League tournament semifinals, but Kiefer Sykes was a star in that game, so that was somebody that jumped off right away for me. And then a guy, uh, another one, Kendrick Perry. From yes, mm-hmm. another guy who they never made a deep run in the Horizon League tournament. They never, you know, he he was the biggest star on a team that no one ever talked about, and I really enjoyed watching Kendrick Perry play. And so those were a couple of guys that stood out. Now, um, obviously, you know, the Hayward is, and, and uh, some of the other guys are, are there. But I've got a pretty solid 10 list here. Um, I think I think really about nine of them are, are locks, in my opinion. And then there's a lot of people for that 10th spot, in my opinion. More clarity in this than the Iowa caucus, I'll tell you that <laughs> Uh, we'll get into the political side. No, I'm just joking. We're going to avoid politics at all costs, as always, right? Please. Uh, but Thank you. Are you revealing your top ten? Yeah, okay. So I'll just go alphabetical order because I don't have um, – I'll do alphabetical order of my, by team name of my nine, and then we'll get into the ten. Um, out of Butler, Gordon Hayward and Matt Howard, right? I mean, it, again, it's interesting, Justin, you say that we forget that they were in the league, but they were there, and they delivered – two of the biggest, greatest moments in Horizon League history, right? And had Hayward's shot fallen against Duke, Man. it would have been, for my money, the greatest moment in college basketball history with respect to Jim Belvano and some of the other iconic moments, Christian Leitner's shot and all of that. Had Gordon Hayward hit that shot, it would have been the greatest moment in college basketball history. And so, yes, he's a lock. Matt Howard, it was somebody who day in and day out brought it, and I think maybe he got overshadowed a lot by Gordon Hayward, but I, I don't think you can have one without the other there. So those two guys are a lock for me. Norris Cole makes my list. Uh, did he have like a 41-point, 20-assist game or something like that? I, I don't remember some of those crazy numbers he would, he would drop from here and there or whatever, but he was... Uh, Norris Cole was amazing and won a couple of championships in the NBA. And uh, so Norris Cole is certainly on my list. Detroit's Ray McCallum Jr. Got to have him on there. Great player, great scorer. Um, you know, wish, wish, uh, you know, I, did, did he, he left early, right? After. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, yeah, he wasn't early. around long. Yeah. And, and so did Kay Felder, right? They both left early. They're both on my list. Guards from, from Detroit and Oakland. Uh, like both of those guys a lot. And Keeper Sykes, another one. Um, just those great, great guards that, that did just battles with each other, right? So McCallum, Sykes, and Felder. And then uh, from Valpo, I'm, I think I've got bias, maybe. I mean, Alec Peters is definitely on the list. With no doubt. And maybe very close to the top of the list. But I throw Ryan Brokoff out there, and I have a feeling that Brokoff is maybe not going to get 
all of the love that he should get on this list just because, you you know, Valpo's not in the league anymore. And, you know, I don't know if day in and day out people saw exactly what Brokoff did, but his shot against Green Bay is one of the great moments in Horizon League tournament history. And I think he would have been a two-time player of the year if there would not have been so much of a, of a media love for Ray McCallum at Detroit. Now, McCallum got broke off one year in the, in the Horizon League tournament, um, in the championship game, but I still say broke off. And it's interesting, as I look at this list of players, broke off is one of the few who's still in the NBA. So, I, you know, I, and I don't know that pro credentials count, but I'm putting broke off on the list. And then my ninth and final lock is Kendrick Perry of Youngstown State. So those nine, for me, are pretty rock solid. Now we get to number 10. And he's right in your neighborhood, to an extent, Drew McDonald of Northern Kentucky. Yes. And I just, I really loved watching him play. He was new to the league, obviously, when, when Northern Kentucky came in. That shot that he hit against Oakland in the Horizon League tournament is a, Huge moment, you know, to lift them. I, I, I put Drew McDonald on the list. Now, I'll stop there, and I wonder if, if anything that I've said is alarming to you. That, is there a player or two that I've left off that, because that, I know that I didn't put Grant Benzinger on there and I didn't put Vaughn Duggins on there. Uh, Grant Benzinger. I, I do not have on mine. I, I did put Von Duggins. Grant Benziger, I just thought, was a player that I loved watching come in as a freshman that had, that just had, you know, set roles and then turned into being such a key, uh, you know, part of what the offense, you know, was for Wright State in the transition from Billy Donlin into Scott Nagy. Uh, so I don't have Grant there, although you, I mean, any, if you're on this list, trust me, you did enough to be in the conversation yeah, to have, yeah. you know, have enough weight. Um, but no, our list is fairly similar. The, the only name I have on mine that you don't. And it, it, there's an asterisk next next to it because he still needs to finish his career. Uh, and Antoine Davis uh, with Detroit right now, just if you watch him from a skill perspective, just as smooth and deadly as a Kiefer Sykes and a Kay Felder. Uh, I just put an asterisk next to his name because he's still, you know, his career's still going. He still has a lot to accomplish still. Uh, and he could, you could add a 2020 or 2019-2020 Player of the Year uh, by the time it's said and done. Him and Loud and Love, it seems to be coming down to those two. Uh, Drew McDonald, obviously, absolutely. There's no question about that. I love Drew McDonald. I thought that when Valpo left, you had Valpo, Alec Peters. I thought that that transition, like when I watch NKU, I feel like I'm watching Valpo. I'm watching Alec Peters yeah. 2.0. That's the vibe I got. I thought NKU did a fantastic job filling the void of when Valpo left because it went from Valpo to NKU, Alec Peters to Drew McDonald. It was about as smooth transition as you can imagine. So, Vaughn Duggins, for me, was a guy that I, I might have put on the previous decade team. Um, I mean, he only played three decades at Wright State. Exactly. He was around for a while, yes. He was he part was of their tournament team him. early on. And <laughs> When I looked at the when the list came out and I saw Vaughn Duggins on there, I thought, wait a minute. He was, he was like walking around with a walker by the time. I mean, he's... He'd played 13 years at Wright State, it felt like. Um, I don't know why certain players have that feeling. You know, it's, I've always thought about this, and this is the great respect that I had for Billy Donlin and, and later Nagy. The, the sum of the parts always, I don't even know what the saying is, right? But there was, 
you know, some of the parts is greater than the whole or whatever. This, I never felt like, I mean, we look at some of these prolific stars that we're talking about, a Felder, a Sykes, a Kendrick Perry. I never felt Wright State had one of those guys during their run of always being at the top of the league, you know? And so we're talking about personal, individual accomplishments. And Billy Domlin, I remember, underscoring this great at a press conference at the Rising League Tournament where he said, look, we're, we're like top two team in the league and we're the only ones who didn't get a player in the all, like all league. It's just Wright State were always guys who worked well together and was, there was never going to be a guy that was going to take 20 shots a game, right? And that's why I think it was just hard for me to kind of find a guy you could take like five guys and make a argument that they belonged on a list like this for right state, but but none of them had like the prolific, gaudy numbers that some of these other guys have. Is, is, is am I am I right in saying that? No, and that that's the one thing that's always fascinated about me, especially with the Billy Donlin teams. Uh, I mean, I, I thought that he had always taken, and I don't. I mean, this is no disrespect to those players, but I don't know if there was a coach in the conference that could have done more with the players that Billy had than what Billy got out of those guys. I mean, getting to the conference uh, title game three and four years, and that fourth, that one year that he didn't make it, they were just, I mean, brutalized by injuries and probably had a chance to get back there again. Uh, but you're right. They, I mean, that's why when I look at Grant Benziger. I mean, I don't look at Graham, but I don't put him in that same category as I would a Norris Cole or a Gordon Hayward or Kiefer Sykes. I mean, he might have been their most important player that the other teams had to scout for, but I feel like he just didn't have that presence like those others did, but it doesn't mean that his role was not any more or less important uh, than those guys. That's why Loud and Love right now, not on this list, uh, but Loud and Love is the guy for Wright State. This past decade, Wright State never had the guy. They just had a bunch of guys, as you alluded to. So I, I looked at this list, and obviously there were some write-in candidates. There was an option for a write-in there. Biggest snub on the list, and I'm not just talking about the guys that we listed, but they've listed, uh, I think, a handful of players from each team. Uh, Sheldon Mack was not on this list. And Juwan Howard, Juwan Howard Jr. I was surprised to not see his name on that list either. Yeah, so each each team, except for Cleveland State, and, well, IUPUI only has one, Loyola only has one, and Cleveland State only has one. Um, and I was trying to think, wait a minute, Cleveland State's had some great players over the time, but uh, they were they were never there for long enough to maybe garner garner inclusion on this. Um, Matt Tybee from Milwaukee was a guy that I always appreciated watching play basketball. And I, I actually, when I tweeted out a, a couple of weeks ago when this first came out, my initial pick, I, I, I tweeted at him and said, you know, I, I want everything in my heart to be able to put Tyvee on this list. <laughs> it just doesn't make the cut. But he is one of the, the all-time great fun guys to talk to, and, and uh, I, I enjoyed that. Dikembe Dixon was a prolific guy, but he just the teams at UIC were never good enough in order for me to, to justify putting him on the list. Did, uh, did you have broke off on your list? I did not have Brokoff. Uh, or no, no, no. Yes, I did have Brokoff on my list. I, in the 10th the one, I put Juwan Howard as my write-in on there um, because I was trying not to show too much bias towards Wright State and having both of them on there. So I was trying to mix it up a bit. But Juwan Howard's on there. Brokoff is on there. Alec Peters, Kendrick Perry, uh, Drew McDonald, Kay Felder, Kiefer Sykes, 
Uh, Norris Cole, Gordon Hayward, and I, like I said, I put Antoine Davis with an asterisk next to it. I think he's going to be there. When you give him a player of the year, he's going to go on to the NBA at some point and have a good career. So I had to put him on that list as well. I thought another snub for me. So, I, you know, I told you that, that Drew McDonald was my 10th and that there was some question there. 11 and 12 for me in some order would be Alec Brown from Green Bay and Jalen Hayes from Oakland. Um, I, you know, Alec Brown was in a league that was guard heavy at the time. Alec Brown was a prolific center and a matchup nightmare for everybody in the league. And now, you know, him missing a free throw led to Valpo getting a rebound for about hitting that shot in the, the Horizon League semis in 2013. And, you know, so that was a big moment. And to think that that was seven years ago now blows my mind. And then Jalen Hayes is a guy who just, he did it from day one, and he did it for four years. And I I think he's a guy who probably got overshadowed by an Alec Peters in the league. And I really liked Jalen Hayes' game. I thought it was great to talk to and interview, and I just really appreciate it. And I I was Valpo was out of the league by his senior year, but I came back to the Horizon League tournament, and when they they lost, uh, I think to Youngstown in the Horizon League tournament, and I made a point to grab Jalen in the locker room after the game and just tell him how much I appreciated watching him play over the years, and and so he's somebody again that that I thought was was excellent. What about Travis Bader from Oakland? I know he's he's never the guy, but I mean, again, one of the deadliest three point shooters uh, in the conference. I wouldn't put him in my top ten, but I would throw his name out there as well as another guy, uh, Kendrick Nunn. He didn't play long enough with Oakland, um, but you know, goes on to the NBA. Has a great rookie season already thus far. Uh, I mean, there's so many names. Yes, you can we can easily throw a bunch of names in there, but I think they knocked it out of the park with the names that they had for you to oh, to yeah. vote for. Initially, you know, you mentioned uh, Cleveland State earlier, and some of those names. I can't remember how long was Bryn Forbes with Cleveland State before travel or transferring to Michigan State. Was he there one or two years? Good question. I think he was there for one year, maybe two. But you remember how you good know, that team was? They had Anto- they had Bryn Forbes, Trey Lewis, Anton Grady. Bryn Forbes goes to Michigan State. Trey Lewis goes to Louisville. Anton Grady goes to Wichita State. All of them, you know, played deep into tournaments. I think two of the three made it to a Final Four. Bryn Forbes gets regular playing time for the San Antonio Spurs. I mean, that team that Gary Waters had, if he was able to keep that group together long term, they could have been, you know, they they could have been a potential Final Four team. That's how much talent they had on that roster. They and they really did, and and I just I, I appreciated you know getting to know Gary and watching those teams play, and and I even think back to uh, there was a guy that. I, I thought, oh, Jonathan Bullock, why isn't he mm-hmm. on this list? And I realized that he graduated right before the decade started. Um, they, they've just had some excellent players go through that program over the years. And, uh, and you know, obviously I, I, they had some, some turmoil after Waters left, and uh, I hope that uh, they're, they're getting it back. Because I, I'll tell you, for a while there, Cleveland State was the thorn in Valpo's side, and uh, and. It's just interesting to, look, to roll through here. So I was, you know, Valpo was in an odd spot, like new to the league in 07 and didn't really have a rival in the league, like throughout, because Loyola left. And so some of these teams, you know, they were rivals with Ray McCallum, and then they were rivals with Kay Felder. Mm-hmm. And it, so it was just, 
And and then, you know, Wright State, obviously, Benzinger in, in the Horizon League title game. And just some some excellent, excellent tournaments and memories and moments. I love that you mentioned Bader. I think Bader is a great story. Um, you know, th- th- you know, there's another guy we didn't even mention, Cameron Morse. Oh uh, yeah, he's at, yeah right there with uh, Perry. Yeah, absolutely. Just another guy who just you fill fill it up all the time. And I just I always thought a guy like a guy like him, if you take Cameron Morse and you put him on one of the top flight teams in the league, what would he have been able to do numbers wise, and what would that team have been able to do? Right. So I just uh, I I really enjoyed watching Cameron Morse play. But this was a great look down memory lane for a lot of these great teams and moments and i'm excited i I think i'm gonna head to indy this year and check out the horizon league tournament and hopefully be there when they unveil this team and i'm looking forward to seeing you there here and we have paul oren with us here on reach the horizon his visit brought to you by zervita as we wrap things up you know valpo alec peters bryce drew such a storied history there towards the end on the way out obviously I don't mean this in a snarky way. I, I always ask this to teams that leave conferences to to go to a, a bigger conference. Do you believe the 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 transfer the the move was worth it? I guess. Like, how has that worked out for Valpo? Not from a result standpoint, but are they on good footing? And was it a smart move to to transfer out of the conference? That's a great question, and I you know I think you could probably get the data to tell you whatever you wanted to tell you based on how you wanted to answer. Mm-hmm. Valpo. Moves leagues the same year they lose their greatest player in program history with respect to Bryce Drew, but losing Alec Peters in the modern game of basketball, best player Valpo's ever had. So they got to figure out how to replace him. And so they go into the Valley and they finish in last place in the first year. I don't know that they had done all that much better in the Horizon League the first year. You know, they, they were really transitioning from one era to the next. They brought in a lot of Division One transfers that didn't work out. One kid was academically ineligible midway through the year. A couple other guys bolted after their second year. And so last year, it was kind of a team of, of a lot of uh, me play and not we play from what people, you know, even inside the program say. So they finished in ninth last year. And to that end, yeah, it looks like a bad move because – I'll tell you, there were nights in the Horizon League where you could look at the schedule and say, we've got two wins coming up against Team X or Team Y. There are no free wins in the Valley, right? It's just, it's, and the the road stadiums, uh, the, the fan bases are crazy. They're, I mean, just like they are in the Horizon League, they're just bigger schools, a little bit louder. Um, I, I think that Valpo gets to recruit a different kind of player a little bit the league's just a little bit different the horizon league to me was a lot of let's run up and down and get to 90 points first and the valley is a lot more defensive orientated so it's taken time to, to change the the landscape of the team i guess if that makes sense at the end of the day it's still basketball and i love both leagues because i enjoy midwest basketball um i think i probably diplomatically didn't give you an answer there but uh, I do think that it was it's a it's a move that Valpo struggled in so far, but I don't know that they wouldn't have struggled in these two years in the Horizon League either. Well, there, how's that for your Iowa caucus right there? So, how, yeah. 
No, no, no. That's an excellent answer. I wasn't trying to fish for anything. I'm just always no, fascinated. No, no, no. You know, anytime a team you know, has a amount of success for a long period of time in a conference like the Horizon, you start getting the people chirping of, oh, well, man, man some conference out there is going to take them. You know, you look at NKU, two of the last three seasons getting to the NCAA tournament. And that, I mean, that's a, by the way, we didn't even touch on that. I know we have to get out of here, but NKU making the NCAA tournament the first year that they're eligible to do so. I mean, that, the stuff that, you know, John Brandon and, and Drew McDonald, the stuff that they've been able to do. You look at Scott Nagy taking over Wright State for Billy and, and taking them to the NCAA tournament in his second season there and to have a potential player of the year in Loud and Love. It, the, the league's in good hands. There's really good teams at the top, and, and it's just a, it's a, still a fun league, and I'm excited that you're going to get the chance to come to Indy and uh, t- partake in everything. Well, yeah, and, and actually here, we'll, we'll use this for a little bit of uh, news breaking here, although it's, it's probably out by the time, depending on when the podcast gets hosted. But you talked about John Brannon. Uh, he's now the head coach at Cincinnati. Yep. <laughs> and uh, a for, former Valpo player, Jay Soroya, transferred to Cincinnati uh, this past offseason as a fifth year as a as a grad transfer and Jay Soroya on Twitter last night tweeted like so long USA back to my beloved Europe I sent him a message and said are you are you leaving Cincinnati are you done are you going back home and going pro and he he confirmed that and so um, Jay Soroya former Valpo player John Brannon former Horizon League coach uh, the marriage did not work out and Soroya is going back home so that's a perfect way to tie everything into some storyline between conferences, between programs, uh, and, and you breaking news on the Reach the Horizon podcast. How about that? Paul, don't be a stranger. We're going to have you on more throughout. Give Paul uh, Paul Oren a follow on Twitter, at NWI Oren. Uh, is a fantastic follow on Twitter. Always a fantastic guest. And I miss seeing you at games, but I'm looking forward to Indy. No, take care. Take care, Justin. Thank you. All right, great stuff there. Paul Oren, again, coming on with us to talk about the Fan Vote Horizon League All-Decade team. And, well, he delivered just as I expected he would. So, Paul, thank you for being this week's guest on Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Just a reminder that being a listener of the Reach the Horizon podcast does have its benefits, including exclusive access to tickets to the Horizon League Basketball Championships. To thank you for listening, save $5 per ticket by using the code HLPODCAST at checkout. Again, visit horizonleague.com and use the code HLPODCAST at checkout. I look forward to seeing you in Indianapolis. And again, while you wait for the next podcast to drop, you can stay up to date uh, with the Horizon League. You can visit horizonleague.com and follow all uh, and follow at Horizon League on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat for news and exclusive behind the scenes access. All right. As I mentioned, it's a special week. We're going to have not one, but two podcasts. You're listening to this one. Obviously, make sure you continue listening and, and subscribe and download to the Reach the Horizon podcast in your Apple iTunes, Google Play Store. Leave a nice little review. I see quite a few of you have done that. And trust me, that means a lot to me and the Horizon League. And thank you for the kind words. Uh, but tomorrow we'll have a second one released uh, in the morning. John Calipari, um, the head coach of the Kentucky Wildcats, his son, Brad Calipari, Plays for Detroit, uh, and we'll talk with Coach Calipari tomorrow about what that was like having the opportunity to coach his son uh, at UK before transferring to play for Mike Davis here in the conference with the Detroit Mercy. That's all we have for you until next week. Nope, until tomorrow, I should say. This has been Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Thank you for listening.